Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. I'd like to give somebody a pair of tickets to start the show today. Yes, Dundalk Agricultural Show is back. It's happening on Sunday. Belorgan Park, folks, is the place to be. They have everything going on. Agriculture, of course, dominating. Food and trade stands, arts, crafts. You'll see lots of animals there. There's a best dress, bonnie baby, glamorous granny competition, entertainment and a free children's zone as well. It's the place to go this Sunday, the 12th, Belorgan Park. The show is back after a few years being off the radar for obvious reasons. You can book your tickets in advance on dundalkshow.com or the Facebook page. You can pay on the day, of course, under 16s, and your car is free. I have a pair of tickets to give away. Here's the question today. What type of animal is a Tamworth? What type of animal is a Tamworth? Answers to 086-1800-658. As quick as you can, 086-1800-658. And we'll pick somebody for the tickets shortly on the show. Thanks for joining us again this Friday afternoon. Lots to come. If you're worried about rising interest rates and your mortgage, the money Dr. John Lowe is with us in a while. And uh, the connection between good nutrition, there is a real connection, and fertility. If you're looking to start a family, have a baby, or if there's a baby or whatever on the way, Sonia Lynch is John. Joining me shortly too, and more besides comedy, TV theme, David Sheehan on the sport. But let's begin on the sporting front today. But for the wrong reasons, I have to say, you are aware that Andy McEntee, the Meath senior football manager, stepped down after six years in charge following the county's defeat to Clare in the All-Ireland Qualifier Series last weekend. Well, my God almighty, the abuse that followed online was simply shocking. So bad that many of his family members took to social media to say enough is enough. And yesterday, Meath County Board issued a statement through their PRO who joins me now. Kieran Flynn, welcome back to Late Lunch. Kieran, nobody deserves this. Absolutely. It's, it's something that has probably reoccurred over the last few years across all our teams and in different mediums. Like, the, all our teams have had varied success over the last few years, like, Thankfully, just say winning a, an All Ireland minor football title last year and an All an under twenty B hurling title. There was very little negative online said about those teams, but then similar teams have had, would say, slightly poorer years this year. And the, of course, all these people start rushing online to lambast them and make it somewhat personal. And I think that's the that's the message that Media really wanted to get out there. That like having your own opinions and discussing the merits of playing this player or that player. And, talking about tactics and all that. We welcome that and we encourage people to do that. Mm. But we never wanted to go personal. Like if someone is 
we you deem not good enough to do a job. But well, that's fair enough. But you should be volunteering maybe to solve the problem, maybe, and not just take to the keyboard as so many that coin that phrase, the keyboard warrior. Who do you reckon, do you speculate, are these real Mead supporters or is there a contingent as well perhaps outside the county just having a go for having a go's sake? Or what are your thoughts on that? It, it is a mixed bag. Like I know a lot of the, the names that pop up on social media. I know some of these people personally. Some of them I've come to meet them in my role as the county PRO. And others are, are bots and fake accounts with um, maybe five or six followers that you should ignore them totally. Mm. But I, I can understand, like, frustration is there. Like, well, like our prime directive as the Mead GA is for all our teams to be successful and to, to, to win competitions. And if you don't do that, you can make case that we haven't fulfilled that. So maybe you can criticise, you can criticise the, the, the administration, you can criticise the manager, the players. But as I said, you can never be personal. And I think anyone that does that and makes it personal isn't a true supporter. Because a true supporter will understand that all the people involved are trying their best. There's nobody, there's not one person I've seen take the field for Mead in any of our teams in the last five years that I've been involved in the management that hasn't been there trying, honestly. Mm. Like, not everyone played, like, if you're doing ratings out of 10, not everyone played 10 out of 10 every week. But I'd like to think that the heart and determination was there with the vast, vast majority of our players and our volunteers. I think the question, that is the part that annoys so many of us who are involved. Like, I'm a volunteer. I'm not paid to do this job. I'm, I'm, I'm a secondary school teacher. I'm, and that's my, this is my passion. This is a volunteer I do. Yeah. And, like, we get abuse, too. We get abuse from people in real life. We get abuse online. Mm. It's not. It's distasteful. But at the same time, when you have them great moments, like we were in Crow Park last year with the ladies' team, with the minor team, as I said, we were up in Newry's under-20s teams. They're the moments where you see the true supporters. Yeah. There wasn't too many, we'll say, in the very first league match when Mead played loud in the minor championship last year. Um, there wasn't too many of the keyboard warriors in that game. Yeah. Some of them might have been in Crow Park maybe at the end of the year, but mm. that's always going to happen. And, and you do say in the statement you issued that this frustration, which sums up what you've just said, is felt most by the team itself. You know, so, you know, that's a very important point to make. And, and again, coming back to this, you do question in the words you issued yesterday, if they are supporters at all. You, you question people who do this uh, and uh, portray to be Mead supporters. You're really questioning that, aren't you? Oh, we have to, because... If you're a support, like if you just check your Oxford dictionary and you get the word to support, like I don't think abusing someone online would fall under the, the remit of the word support. So I think by its nature, if if someone is down and out and a player loses a match, we're knocked out of the championship. I don't think a true supporter is going to run to the keyboard and try and give them abuse. Like if you're friends or you know these people, you should be ringing them and organising to have a coffee with them, have a chat, or maybe says, well. What am I doing to solve the problem? Are you involved in a club? Are you training youth players to come through? Like, you should be solution-based is what we always want. So, like, abusing someone is not support. So, like, of course, but I think you have to have vehicle. Like, there's many people online who questioned how the games have been played in recent times. They've questioned people. Why did they do this? Why did they do that? It's fair enough. You're entitled to do that. But not to make it personal. That's the, the mm. reason to reiterate that. We encourage people, like, of course, there'd be a thousand people out there that said they could have managed the team better the weekend. <laughs> yes. or they would have scored that point. Or they would have said, like, when I'm doing social media, I said some of my posters, like, I'm, I'm I said, a volunteer. I've learned all these skills myself. Some of them might think my social media is useless and I'm boring or something like that. Mm. But sure, I said, there's, there's an election every year for my position. You're more than entitled to contest it. Like, I have five years done. There will be a, vac- a vacancy at PRO this year. Mm. Why not? Why not come and get involved? 
Like there's a vacancy for the manager. If if you're more than welcome, all you need is a club to nominate you, or you make yourself known, and the media can appoint you to this job. So anyone that wants the jobs, they're all out there. Yeah. All these players are club players. Like everyone that took the field down in Ennis last week is a club player. If you're good enough, show us, and like is this where we want you to show up and actually. Maybe put your money where your mouth is. Mm. Uh, letters arrived at, at the the McEntee family home as well, so it's just not confined to uh, the keyboard warriors either. And you know, probably posted anonymously, not signed, etc. All that type of thing. Um, but it, it's become a facet of life. Like it, it's you, like it, it's Andy McEntee today. It's me tomorrow. It's you. It's so it's somebody else. But this nastiness, this vile aspect of it, this personalising of it really in a general sense Kieran. I want to say again I'm sure you'd agree something has to be done about this it is but again I, I don't think this is relatively new I think abusive behaviour has been there for a million years yeah. it be there for a million years after mm. it's the education and stuff around it that we realise that like on social media we have groups and we have rules and we have social media policies like all of this has been discussed but people are going to be nasty if, they're go- if they want to be nasty and like just like abusive behaviour is one thing Thankfully, from what I've been told, that this behaviour hasn't gone outside the realms of abuse. It hasn't gone to threatening or anything like that, that yes. it would be a criminal offence. Mm. But it's, it is in its entirety distasteful and abhorrent in the fact that you have to separate the person and the job that they're doing. So, for example, if you don't think someone's doing a good enough job, like I said, we welcome you to the criticism. We welcome that if it's constructive and say, well, for example, if a lad is playing full forward and you think he should be playing midfield, if you can explain why and discuss that, that's what Gaelic Games is all about and supporters love that. Having the programme in their hand and saying, well, Jason wouldn't play him, I don't think he's good enough and there's a lad in, in another club I'd play. That's grand, but not number 11 is a is a something-something and exclusive. You know what I mean? Like mm. this kind of jargon is rubbish. Like yes. You have a logical debate about, well, I don't like the tactics. I don't like the way we're playing. I'd play differently if I was in charge. That's fair game, I think. That's, mm. People are entitled to their views. But when you say... I don't like someone because of what they look like or how they act or something like that. You're into a total different realm there of basically just not welcome. It's just not welcome in any shape or form. And I know you say it's always been there and always will, but you see, in previous times and myself growing up, and I'm of an age now that I can look back here and, and... Certainly people would abuse you, shout at you. I've been at games and got heated myself and shouting and things like that. But, you know, you're visible, you're seen. It's, you know, it's in person it's in the moment and people can have an argument and that as well but these faceless people you know what I mean who hide who don't make themselves known and just feel they can do anything that's that needs addressing I say it again yeah definitely and there's even that discussion is a lot wider than us you've seen yep. with the, yep. the Twitter takeover with yes. Elon Musk and these things and one of the stumbling blocks of that is that um, the allegation that Twitter aren't basically releasing the data on how many bots there are and how many fake accounts and it's definitely something we'd love, as I said, if someone had to, to speak on our, our Facebook comments or on our Twitter, if you had to say it's Kieran Flynn here, Mead County Bureau, which, as I said, like most of the things you'd see my face and it's signed, I stand by what I say online and in person. But if you're down as a uh, Mead GA fan 1992, you're a bit, I think you're already, and there's a picture of a, a Mead crest or something like that, or you see a lot of these people with the, the Twitter egg on it, or they have a picture of a famous soccer player or something like that. And again, straight away, I question the legitimacy of what they're saying. And maybe for someone like me, I'd, I'd fairly like to think that I've got a robust nature and I can combat these things. But it is a nice, and like our players get it, our managers get it, our volunteers get it. It is disabled. People don't like this. 
But I think, as I said, it, it's something that it's not going to go away overnight. So how do, what do we do as an organisation? We just have to condemn it and condemn the people that do it. And if we know people like this, for example, are trying to get involved in media, like as coaching a team, like I'd like to think that if my club, for example, we found out that one of the lads was coaching an underage team, was one of these people doing all this abuse, that we just say at the end of the year, you're not, we don't want you anymore to coach our team. You're not a role model for our youngsters. And I think that's, that's how we educate by saying we don't, you don't fit where the GA, like our manifesto where we all belong. If you're not willing to actually abide by the charter, the, the, the rules, there's a code of conduct, there's so many things here, then you're not really welcome if you're not going to basically play along with the, like the majority of the people who just are in it. It's a volunteer sport. It's our tradition and history in our country. It's something that we cherish and we don't want to lose it to, to so-and-so that just won't basically play nice in any shape or form. Mm. Oh, you're uh, saying all the right words for sure and uh, your statement made it clear yesterday to all in sundry uh, uh, the way Mead County Board look on this and I, I really do hope the message gets across because as you say the man gave it six years he gave it his very best and when you look at Mead as a county with the ladies you mentioned the minors the underage and that as well you've had tremendous success as well but of course your your senior team is the one that gets a huge amount of focus look I thank you for joining me today to have a chat about it and we wish Andy McEntee all the very best for the future and whoever succeeds him in the job as well. Do keep it in mind these people are doing their very very best. Kieran, nice to talk to you again. Thank you very much and hopefully you'll have me back on we'll be talking about maybe a new manager or some yes. cup we're after winning or some nice thing because unfortunately some of these negative things do take up so much airtime. And we'd love to be talking about some success. And hopefully Ah. that'll be the next topic. Please God it will. And uh, it's always uh, good to remind ourselves as well. I know the focus can be on uh, issues such as this, but there is so much more good to talk about as well. Thanks, Kieran. Thank you, Slan. See you. Bye. It's Kieran Flynn there. Me, G-A-P-R-O. If you have anything to say, 086-1800-658 is the WhatsApp or text number. I have a pair of tickets for Dundalk Show to give away. The question was, what type of animal is a tamworth? Well, I can tell you, it's not a buffalo. It's certainly uh, not a sheep either. It's not a monkey. It's not a cat. A tamworth is, oink, oink, it's a pig, yes. Pig is the answer I was looking for. Thanks to you all. Flew in there on uh, WhatsApp and text. Neve Kelly, well done to you. You have a pair of tickets to the Undock show. We'll be in touch to make the arrangements for you. We love to give you a laugh, especially on Fridays on Late Lunch. And today I have a cracker for you. I promise you're going to enjoy this. Rob Bryden, do you know him? Welsh comedian and actor of Gavin and Stacey fame. I'm sure you'll remember him uh, from that classic show, but he's a brilliant stand-up comedian and such a talented actor and man as well. Well, here he is, giving it his all in stand-up. And Rob, a real laid-back man, yes? He doesn't feel there's no there's any panic to be had with the arrival of a new baby. Because I'd already had children, I was determined not to fall into the traps that new parents have. The risk of the false alarm. Now, this is when a lady gets towards her due date and she gets a little twinge and she thinks the baby might be coming. She goes to the hospital only to be told it's wind. (laughs) And I didn't want my wife running off to the hospital. In fairness, I should have given her a lift. Only to be told... 
only to be told that it was wind. So whenever she'd have a little twinge, I'd say, darling, don't worry, relax. Now, with hindsight, <laughs> that was a bad idea. Nine days before the due date, she woke up. She sat on the edge of the bed. She went, ah, oh, oh, he, he, oh, oh. I could barely hear the television. <laughs> she said, she said, she said, I think it might be today. Now, this was terrible news for me because I'm a big golfer. And this was a day I'd had in the diary for some time. I was going to play golf on this day with Ronnie Corbett. I know, it's true, this is a true story. And that's not the sort of thing you scrub out of the diary on a whim, is it? So I said, look, let's just see how it goes. But if anything, by lunchtime it had got worse. And come midday, she actually turned to me and she said, Rob, she said, I don't think you should go. Unbelievable. <laughs> now, I didn't know what to do. I'm not a cold-hearted man. So I stood there and I was torn. Should I stay or should I go? It was a moral dilemma. And so what I did was this. I asked myself a question I often ask at times of moral dilemma. What would Rod Stewart do? <laughs> so there we were on the 14th. We had a cracking afternoon's golf. We really had. Ronnie was on fire. We'd been out there for a few hours and I turned my mobile back on. And sure enough, there's a message from my wife. She says, oh my God, get home, it started. I've gone into labour. Well, I get home, all hell has broken loose. My wife is in the front room with the midwife. It's in the television room. And she's on all fours, right? It's a Sony 42-inch plasma. And <laughs> she's sweating. She's going, ah, it's too big. It's too big. Get it out. She wasn't saying that during the conception. And she's... <laughs> Oh, she's in a hell of a state. She's very uncomfortable. And, and the midwife takes me to one side and she says, Mr. Bryden, because I insist on that. She says, Mr. Bryden, I've examined your wife. She's already eight centimetres dilated. There's no way we'll get to hospital. We're going to have to have the baby here. Well, this was scary. A home birth. No pain relief, you see, with a home birth. No, 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 I would have absolutely nothing. <laughs> and it's different. A home birth is different. You don't lie on your back. You give birth like a mammal. You give birth on all fours like a bear. Very naturally. And when a child is born this way, the first thing to a... When a child is born... <laughs> Johnny Mathis, there. Um, Ray of hope, flickers <laughs> and a sky. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? Um, so, when a child is born that way, the first thing to appear is the head. So picture my wife, okay? There she is. <laughs> All across the land, dawns a brand new morn. This comes to pass. <laughs> I have to say... <laughs>
Is that not brilliant? Mr. Rob Bryden there. Cool as a cucumber with a new baby on the way. Fantastic. He's simply a brilliant, brilliant stand-up comedian, I have to say. Well done to uh, Rob. And uh, we love to give you that old laugh on Friday afternoons. Well, we try to give you a laugh most days, to be honest with you, on, on uh, your late lunch. And uh, coming up after two, just on a serious note, the connection between good nutrition and fertility. Sonia Lynch knows all about it. She's coming your way just after two on the show today. Louise, I know you're busy in there. Yeah. Are you on top of your head? Are you all I'm right? here, yeah. Neighbours. Neighbours. 37 years. All done. <sighs> Were you a fan? Did you watch it? Yes, I loved it. Did well, you? Yeah, at the very start, I even had um, a big, massive poster of Charlene in her, wearing her dungarees as a mechanic. Where, where, where? Sorry, I'm after getting a flutter in my heart here. I, I, I remember she was wearing it was she was she was beside a little green mini car, as a as a mechanic, Charlene Mitchell. Where, yeah, where is it? I just where thought she was fab. Poster? Where is that poster? I'd say it's in a landfill site somewhere, oh, no. recycling. Yeah, I was about to make probably you, your toilet roll. I was, <laughs> I was about to make you a substantial offer for that poster because, of course, Charlene is the one and only. Miss Kylie Minogue and she went back didn't she She went, she's appeared in the last ever ep- episode of yeah it. I think they're filming it now aren't they and uh, himself Jason Donovan Jason you can well. say his name yes, doesn't hurt himself yes himself <laughs> is there as well what uh, was his name Scott Ramsey wasn't it oh, I hadn't a clue of the names mm. I just know it's Jason Donovan or whatever but uh, 37 years all over all finished Mrs Mangle I loved Mrs Mangle did you yeah she was the really interfering busybody Mm, on the street did you and never watch it I used to see I'll tell you in the early days when Jared was small uh, he, Andy and Eileen Donnelly a lot of mercy in them looked after him and minded them when we were working and they were great neighbours fans the Donnellys and Ballsgrove so the way, and when you'd go in it'd be on was it a lunchtime thing or an evening it was on at lunchtime I it was think. on at lunch but there was such popularity because everybody in school secondary school yes. used to pile in to wherever the telly was okay. and watch it yeah. that um, <laughs> there was a big petition I think in England and Ireland so they moved they did a repeat at half five I as far knew. as I can remember yes I, I think it was possibly when we were collecting them that it was on there and that's when I saw it at that stage that was it so it was uh, but uh, 37 years and all done Long and dusted t- I haven't watched it now in about oh, mm. 20 anyway Years. But I, so I don't know, even know 20 years. who's in it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. But you watched it for a long time. If you watched it from early on. Uh, oh, the early ones were the best, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, when I don't know if there's anybody still in it from the start. Like was, there, was there a woman called Madge in it? Yeah. I remember her. Yeah, Madge. I remember great. a woman called Madge in it, that's for sure. But was Madge Scott's mommy, I think. I think. Well, I'm sort of lost I could there. Be wrong. I'm sort of lost. I watched Love Island again last night. <clears throat> Did you? I did. I'd say you're recording it now at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> Louise, Louise. You're like neighbours. I'll watch it at half one. Louise, I'll watch it at half five. Can I tell you this? <laughs> I'll be getting up in the middle of the night to put the playback on. No, I have mm. to say, it's the greatest load of rubbish, isn't it? It really is. And yet, I suppose it has a big following. Uh, people watching it, of course. But anyway, it's one of those, I'm, I'm flicking and I'm, I didn't stay with it. I watched a little bit of it and then left it, of course. I, I might get interested in it, but I doubt it very much indeed. Anyway, uh, we're heading towards the top of the hour, are we? Well, we have a little bit of uh, Neighbours here. Oh, it was the you? wedding song that Charlene got married to. So this so is taking us up to two. Is, I, is yeah. this taking us up to two o'clock? People remember. Ah, we Angry remember Neighbours on late 
great lunch today and it's over after 37 years here's Angry Anderson from Neighbours and the wedding song news and weather next I agree with Kieran Flynn, says a listener, that people do get very personal. Politics is very much involved in club and county GAA football, Jerry, but you don't attack someone personally by insulting them. These people are faceless. I wish Andy McEntee and his selectors the very best of luck in the future. And that comes in from Francis, who is a true Meath supporter. Jerry, during the week you're on about the windows being broken in your greenhouse. I'm so curious. I actually never got to hear, hear what broke them. Well, it was this day last week and what broke the glass. You would never believe it. And nobody got it. Was a bagel. A real hardened bagel. It was like rock. It was like the table here. I dropped by a bird. Uh, we think it was a seagull or perhaps a magpie or something that smashed the glass. So there you are. I've satisfied, I hope, your curiosity. We move on on late lunch this afternoon. Um, there are many people who struggle to conceive or have a baby. It's easy for some, difficult for others. And there can be many factors involved. Some go down the IVF route. Others choose not to. But one thing is for sure that fertility, as I said, depends on a lot of reasons. But one of them is good nutrition. And we're going to talk about it for the next while with a young woman who has lots of experience. She worked for the HSE for 15 years. She's now in private practice in Dunshockland. She's a state registered dietitian. I'm delighted to say hello to Sonia Lynch. Hello, Sonia. Hi, Derry. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you very much for joining me on the show. Just to come back to that, you know, it's something, you know, IVF, do this, do that, do the other. But I'm sure you see it. A lot of people ignore this thing of diet, good nutrition, and it is a key factor and it can be. Yeah, it's absolutely a huge role to play because we know uh, infertility affects uh, about one in six couples in Ireland and maybe it's something that isn't really spoken about enough um, and there's lots of misinformation out there then when it comes to diet and nutrition and what people should be cutting out and eating more of. So um, it's uh, a definite minefield for couples to know what they should be eating or not eating. Um, but definitely that's where a dietitian that's a specialist in infertility can really help. Um, so we would look at lots of different things. Um, first off, maybe looking at people's weight, making sure they're at the right weight for conceiving, looking at their diet, is there some foods they need to eat a little bit more of and some a little less. 
Um, and then nutritional supplements is a whole other minefield uh, that can be overwhelming for people and it's important that they don't overdo it on nutritional supplements either. Is it good to plan? So let's say you are planning to get pregnant or have a baby. It's never too soon to start. Is it looking at the key factors? Absolutely. And that's what I see an awful lot in my clinic is uh, young couples maybe uh, hoping to start conceiving in six or 12 months time and looking to address their health and their nutrition early on. Because we know that really um, what uh, the mother and father are eating kind of three months prior to conceiving a baby has a huge impact on the successful outcome of that pregnancy and the health of the baby in the future as well. Uh, so definitely starting early is a great way to go. And then often you have a lot of couples who are going through the IVF route, you know, if they haven't been able to conceive within about 12 months, it's kind of recommended that they go and get some further support. Uh, but definitely those couples who are spending a huge amount of money on IVF and um, looking at their nutrition to optimise all that money being spent on IVF is definitely a wise route to go down as well. You mentioned something there, uh, uh, fathers and mothers. You know, there would be uh, a preconceived idea that it's all about the woman who carries the baby, but not so. No, definitely not. It takes two to tango, as they say. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, and definitely, you know, how many sperm a man makes and how quickly they can get where they need to be going and the good quality of them as well is really impacted uh, by a man's diet as well, um, among other lots of things as well. But, uh, yeah, so there's some foods that might need to eat a little bit more of, in particular um, having um, a good, healthy, balanced diet that includes maybe some plant-based kind of proteins, things like nuts and seeds and fish can be really useful things to have plenty of uh, to help improve that sperm so it can uh, have all the energy it needs to get to the right spot. So nuts, seeds, fish for the men, it's very important if you can incorporate more of those into your diet. What from the woman's perspective specifics? similar really when it comes to women's nutrition. Um, often women can have a lot of underlying conditions as well which may make uh, conceiving a little bit more difficult. So things like uh, polycystic ovarian disease and thyroid conditions and endometriosis. So it's really about optimising the um, nutrition for those conditions. So that a lot of that would be around managing weight uh, for the woman. Um, so it, it's not just about um, women being overweight that reduces their risk of fertility but also being underweight as well. So uh, being either end of the spectrum uh, can actually reduce your risk, reduce your chances of conceiving. Um, so definitely, and you don't want to either go on crash diets either. So some women would be so desperate to have a baby and maybe they're carrying a little extra weight um, and they go on very crash diets that aren't nutritionally balanced. And that in turn can actually reduce your risk, your chance of conceiving as well. So it's important that if anyone is looking to lose weight, that they do it in a very sensible way because we do know that there is certain foods that um, women, if they eat more of, can really help. Um, so there was a big study by Harvard of 17,000 women and they found that just by changing five things, it improved women's fertility by about 70%. So that was things like getting enough folate. So that's often to your folic acid supplements that we encourage every woman in Ireland to be taking if they're thinking of conceiving. Um, helping women to reduce their insulin levels by having like a low glycemic diet, which would be having lots of whole grain breads and cereals and pastas and less of the white kind of things. 
Um, also, if women can have a little bit more plant-based proteins in their diet, so things like your peas and beans and lentils, they've mm-hmm. been really shown to help uh, with conception. Um, and fats, actually fats are a really, really important role. I think fats are really demonised, aren't they? We, we kind yes. of think of them as being bad. Yeah. Um, but fats actually have a really important role in um, a woman's health. They actually help transport hormones around the body. So it's about getting those good fats, and they come from a lot of the foods we mentioned for the men's sperm as well, like your oily fish full of omega-3s and your nuts and your seeds and avocados and vegetable oils and spreads as well. So having the right type of fats is really important as well to help all those hormones get where they need to go. Um, And actually dairy foods have been shown to be really helpful in helping women conceive and particularly uh, full-fat cow's milk. And that's something that, you know, there's lots of myths out there and people are told to avoid Mm. dairy, um, but it can actually help with conceiving as well. So there's definitely plenty of foods to include more of um, rather than restricting. Uh, So crash diets definitely would avoid a lot of foods and that can actually really help uh, conceiving in the long Mm. term. What are no-nos? What what should you definitely cut out? I take it uh, the old fatefuls, uh, don't smoke, alcohol, fatty foods, you know, know, bad fats, all that type of stuff isn't helpful. Is that fair point? Pretty right. Yeah, definitely. Your alcohol is one both for men and women. Uh, yes. So it could make a, a negative impact for Are both. Are you listening, boys? Are you listening, boys? <laughs> Yes, go on, go on. Uh, So definitely, yeah, reducing your alcohol down. And obviously, you know, if w- w- during pregnancy, we don't want to have any alcohol as well. So for women, definitely reducing their alcohol down prior to conception is really helpful. Um, and then your very processed foods and fatty foods, I suppose. Um, when we have a lot of processed foods and nice fun foods in our diet, um, it leaves less room for those other better foods that help um, encourage good nutrition. Uh, so it's not about being an absolute martyr and not having, you know, a slice mm. of cake or a biscuit with your tea and things like that. But it's just making sure that they're not filling up your diet and not leaving enough room for the other really good stuff that can help support. So your basic fruit and vegetables and things like that are a massive important one as well uh, to include plenty of. Uh, but yeah, kind of being careful with a lot of your um, saturated fats, so your animal-based kind of fats as well. So the, the fat on meat and um, things like that with your butters that's what that to be careful yes. with as well Can you come in as well where you uh, have people with uh complications uh, health wise thyroid diabetes uh, celiacs things like that Yes, so it's really, really important that you go and speak to your GP if you're having infertility issues first. And that's what I'd advise anyone before they go uh, changing their diet because there's an interesting fact that um, undiagnosed celiac disease can increase um, a woman's risk of miscarriage by up to 9%. Um, so that's a really high increase there. So um, a lot of people might just cut out gluten and dairy and things from their diet, um, but it's could be masking things like celiac disease, which can be current, causing recurrent miscarriages and things like that as well. So it's really important to go to your GP and have all those basic blood tests and things done as well. Uh, but yeah, there's lots of other conditions like um, any women with thyroid issues. It's really important that we would address 
their nutrition. So um, it would be really important if anyone has a thyroid issues that they have plenty of iodine in their diet. Um, and we get iodine um, from dairy foods and from fish. We're not great maybe in our Midlands, kind of more Midlands areas as well for eating enough of our fish as well. Um, so it's, that would be a really important one for thyroid as well to make sure we do that. Um, and lots of women would have um, what we call insulin resistance if they have polycystic ovarian syndrome. So it's really important that they get some specific guidance around um, kind of portion sizes of food, regular meal pattern as well can make a big difference as well in, in, uh, in improving how the insulin works around our body because too much insulin in people conditions like that can increase testosterone and then that uh, can reduce your chances of conceiving well. Mm. So it's really important yeah, for any of those kind of underlying conditions to um, get some tailored advice. And everyone's unique and individual when it, when it comes to nutrition. Uh, yeah. You can Google everything um, and uh, get all sorts of answers. But, and that's because there's different guidelines for everybody um, depending on what conditions you have and what age you are as well. So obviously we do know the biological clock is a part of fertility as well. So um, definitely for some women you know, time is not always on their side um, so getting good nutrition early on can really help optimise the chance of So you can assist where somebody uh, decides later in life as you say when the clock is ticking to go for a baby there is a scope there with nutrition diet to help uh, that type of individual as well Yeah exactly so that's where we'd be quite uh, proactive and making really kind of uh, encouraging lots of dietary changes to help optimise things. And that's where we might um, look at more nutritional supplements as well. So um, there's lots of folic acid, as I mentioned, is a really important one to do. But uh, And some people will need extra folic acid depending on, you know, if they have diabetes or if they're overweight or celiac as well. Um, and then there's lots of other supplements like selenium and zinc and other things um, that we should be taking. But it's very important that we don't overdo it as well. Sometimes uh, people think, oh, supplements I'll just take lots of us and I can't do me any harm mm. but it can we you know we, we do have higher levels that are limits really when it comes to supplements as well so and um, it's important not to overdo that either uh, advice lots of it there for you but if you want to find out more info at what to eat and that's the number two info at what the number two eat.ie and Sonia's details are all there thank you so much it is so important it's an area that people perhaps overlook at times but it can make a real real difference thank you for joining me Sonia on the show today thanks for that Jerry thanks for having me take care bye 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 that's info at what the number two eat.ie info at what to eat.ie late lunch LMFM radio still to come on the show the money doctor is with us interest rates are on the rise what should you do but before John we have lots more to do on your late lunch stay with us anybody lose a tripod in Townley Hall a beautiful tripod I mean a beauty and I'd say it's worth a few bob was found in Townley Hall on Wednesday were you out there leave it behind you did somebody uh, borrow against your wishes, a tripod and maybe dumped it in Townley Hall. We have the details here if you know about or the owner of a tripod found in Townley Hall 
on Wednesday of this week. Give us a shout at 041-983-2000 and we'll see what we can do for you. Now, time for a TV theme competition this Friday. I have a lovely prize to send out to one of you. Have a listen to this and the number, remember the number, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. This is a famous TV show. Have a listen. Yes, oh, brings back memories for me and many others, I'm sure, as well. What? That song, that tune there. From what TV show is it the theme? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text, please. Back to neighbours. Louise, how could you forget I know, to I know. tell I knew them it was one of them. This. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, I actually walked down Ramsey Street, the real Ramsey Street in Melbourne. There you go. It's not called Ramsey Street. <laughs> As usual. Uh, There you go. So you actually were on the street where... Mm, Where they filmed the outside There you go. Called Pin Oak Court in in Melbourne. And how did you feel when you walked down? Oh, it was great. Because at the time, you know, Neighbours was the business. Yes. Um, So, yeah, it was terrific to walk down it and get your picture taken and Mm. outside all these houses and everything. Brilliant. You were a year out there, were you, in Australia mm. at that time? Yeah, my God and my lovely country. Loved your ah. time there. Yes, you did indeed, didn't you? Yeah, Sunny. Yeah, ah, well, now that's something we would do with. Please, yeah. Australia, send it our way. Could you please, as soon as you can, we just need more sunshine. There you are, you were on Ramsey I Street. I forgot completely about you it. <laughs> How did that slip your mind? My God almighty. And we've plenty of reaction from listeners today. Kylie's mum was Mad. It was mad, yeah. Yes, uh, the the woman I mentioned, and when you're sure, she's passed away, she died, didn't she? Oh, no, she died on the street. I don't know whether oh. she did in real life or not, but oh, she died oh, on, oh, the on the street. I beg your pardon, Madge, yeah. I'm sorry. Madge's alive Reality. and well. Reality. Yeah, there you go. Madge died on the street. But uh, anyway, Madge was, uh, and the other message we got was, you asked the question, was there anybody there from the start? And there was. There is one actor, isn't there, in uh, Neighbours from the very start and several people have been telling us who it is. Uh, I'll tell you who it is. Uh, Stefan Dennis. Mm. Stefan Dennis is there from the very Mm. start. He was another one that had a number one Paul? Is it Paul he played? Paul, yeah. Yeah. And he's still there. I think he had a number one, didn't he? Had he? I don't know. It was high in the charts anyway. He had a top ten. Oh, there you are. Kylie must have been giving them singing lessons. A load of them at that stage, yeah. (laughs) Kind of followed her. There you go. Isn't that just so interesting uh, about Neighbours and and the ending of Neighbours? There's so much uh, over the years that people remember and love about it, but it will be no more. Just to clarify that, they've just filmed... Uh, shot the last episode isn't that it it'll be yeah. broadcast down the road whenever but there It'll you probably go. be a spin-off or something do you think bad neighbours <laughs> neighbours from hell yeah that'll that'll certainly attract them you can shove Love Island if you put that on the telly it'll be a smash hit they're all over the place don't get me going on that one anyway <laughs> <laughs> Late Lunch LMFM Radio Let's have an old song And I particularly love this one It's Take That 
and back for good. Don't you go anywhere. Please promise me, because we want you back for good with us on your late lunch on LMFM Radio. I guess now it's time for me to give up. I think it's time. Got a picture of you beside me. Got your lipstick marks still on your coffee cup. Oh, yeah. Got a fist of pure emotion. Got a head of shattered dreams. Gotta leave it, gotta leave it all behind now. Whatever I said, whatever I did, I didn't mean it. I just want you back for good. But you came back I just love mm. that song. No, I was afraid to put your mic on too early in case you deafened everybody. <laughs> I love that song. I think take that. Oh, just fantastic. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> when I catch I me. I think you could hear you from the other end of the building. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, it's one of my favourite songs, I have to say. <laughs> take that back for good. Hey, here's one for you. We got to, oh, our listeners. We love late lunch listeners. They're always there to help us out. Thank you, Mina. Jerry and Charleston, Madge, who played Madge in Neighbours, is alive and well. And in fact, I think, says Mina, she's living in, in Ireland. No way. There you go. I wonder if we could track her down. <laughs> well, now, Chesney, you're some hawk, Miss Louise Walsh. Off you go and see Kanye. Is she you. living in Ireland? And Charleston, Madge from Neighbours. They, now, there's a lead to follow for sure. Thank you, Mina. And thanks for letting us know. It's uh, great to have people. Look look at the, look at the Wikipedia. We have in late lunch land that can help us every single day. We do appreciate it. Well, we're going to help you next, especially if you have a mortgage. And you do know interest rates are rising and going to rise significantly starting in July. He knows all about interest rates, mortgages, more besides. The Money Doctor, John Lowe, is with us next. Yes, Madge is alive and well. And Charleston and living in the west of Ireland. We've just had confirmation. There you go. Anyway, he's alive and well and kicking and raring to go with us at late lunch this afternoon. He's a great friend of ours. John Lowe, The Money Doctor. Hello again, John. Good afternoon, Jerry. And can I sing, actually, and say, I am the one and only. <laughs> you just had to upstage Mr. Chesney Hawks. You just had to do it, hadn't you? <laughs> John, John yes. you are the one and only when it comes to advising us on finances. And John, I have to say, you and I are good friends going back quite a few years now, nearly yeah. since this show begun. And we have never talked because it's 11 years yeah. since interest rates have been hiked. Isn't that amazing? John, why this rise? and imminent more rises now. 
Well, you, you saw inflation figures. They're the highest, Jerry, for 38 years, 7.8%. Um, and it's not just here, it's all over the world. And it's all stemming from uh, the Ukraine war, essentially, because it just, you know, it's like a, a, a trigger effect, a, a domino effect, whereby, you know, transport costs, oil, uh, energy costs, uh, food prices, because everything is interlinked. And therefore, you know, w- with the inflation, that means that prices are going up. And therefore, to try and stem that, um, they, they try and control one part of it is by, by controlling uh, interest rates and, and raising them in this case. So they flag that it's going to be a quarter percent next month, a quarter percent maybe in, in, in September. Um, but there's no, nothing really set after that. Now, I'll just say this. There are a lot of people who have been listening to this who have tracker mortgages, and they're wondering, should they go and fix it? Well, just think of it like this. They would need to have eight one-quarter uh, percent increases, eight of them, to actually equate to the cheapest uh, standard variable rate. So my advice, if you have a track of mortgages, don't change. Don't do anything yet. Um, you know, there are some, some, I mean, the cheapest fixed rate uh, now is about 2.45, um, which is like a three-year fixed. And God knows where we'll be in three years' time. Mm. So, tracker, stay put, don't move, don't budge, stay where you are, John recommends. What about if you're on a variable at yeah, the it's a very good question, Jerry. Yes, absolutely. You now shop around because some of these people, there's a great word I like to use, apathy. And there's an awful lot of people out there who are apathetic about the kind of interest rates that are being charged, whether it's for a car loan, whether it's for a personal loan, whether it's for their uh, credit card or their mortgage. But you'll find that there's a swathe of people out there who have uh, interest rates well over 3% in a standard variable rate. And they are the very ones that should now go and, first of all, go back to their own lender for a first port of call because it'll obviously be cheaper. They won't have to change uh, illegals or they, they just you know change over and it'll cost nothing. So if they have a half-decent fixed rate, I would go for that right now. That's the first thing. And if, if they haven't got a half-decent uh, interest rate, and you could obviously check first to see what is the competition offering. Mm. And if they're offering a far better fixed rate than your lender, then you move. Be as simple as that. You move. But this, Jerry, this is a great time to look at financial planning because, you know, if, if you know, inflation has gone up 7.8%, all the cost of food, transport, uh, petrol, oil, you know, heating, everything has gone up. So now you've got to look at everything and see where can you get value. And you don't just accept, you know, insurance where your car comes in and you pay it. You don't do that. You go and you check to see can you get a better deal somewhere else. Yeah, so that's important across the board beside the the mortgage issue. Just back to the switching, because I've mentioned this to you before, and I, I often hear people really saying that when they went to switch, it was really a, a big challenge and it took time. What do you say to somebody, you know, that that feeling is out there abroad that it's difficult to switch? Well, I have to say that that's why people like us who would be, you know, mortgage brokers yep. and who will take that pain out for you and, and guide you all the way and hold your hand. That's for, for a lot of people. It's not just it's not just mortgage switching. It would be also just, uh, Jerry, for, you know, where people have debt issues, huge debt issues. You know, you're talking in a recession of 14, 15 years ago, and they still have a residual of negative equity. And they've still, you know, maybe one of them has stopped working uh, financially. And 
they can't afford the mortgage that they're on. Like, Awalia is a scheme set up by the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland, and it's for those people who can't even afford to get a, 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 you know, a, a consultation with either a solicitor or a financial advisor. They'll pay you for it. Okay. So there's help all the time, and there's a support. So no matter how bleak you may think your situation is, you know, don't despair. There's help there. Will rising interest rates make it more difficult for people to get a mortgage? Uh, well, it will in the sense that you're going to have a higher uh, repayment, and if you have a higher repayment, therefore you have to have a, a higher capacity uh, to earn. So it's three and a half times income is basically what uh, the central bank guidelines are. If you're you know, solicitor, dentist, doctor, um, you know, lawyer, they have slightly higher multiples that they can offer you, or public sector, I might add, as well. Somebody who's got guaranteed pensions, you know, they, you know the lenders will obviously uh, be more amenable. Yes. But I, 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 I think that obviously it's going to be, you know, with higher interest rates, it is going to be more expensive. So, you know, if, you know, some, some of the accommodators out there are thinking that these rates are going to go up by 2%. Do you remember actually about 12, 15, 14 years ago, um, the ECB rate, which became 0%, and that's what the base rate is now today, but that went up a quarter of a century every month consecutively for 12 months. It was 3%. People were on their hands and knees at that stage. And they wanted to get rid of their trackers. Yeah. And, they went, and they went into standard variable. They went into fixed rates. And then a couple of years later, ECB drops the rate down to zero. And it's been there, as you say, for 11 years now. Now, on the other hand, and we do know since the pandemic, there is more money in deposit accounts and savings doing nothing than yeah. ever before. John, please tell me, <laughs> the rise in interest rates will benefit savers. Well, I tell you, the, the, the good news is yes. The bad news is that you're already in negative equity and negative deposit rates. So um, it'll just mean that you still will be getting nothing. I can't see it. I mean, the very best demand rate at the moment is 0.01%. And that's before dirt tax, Jerry. The very best uh, deposit product out there, bar none, is the NTMA's 10-year national solidarity bond. You pay minimum 500, maximum 120,000. You get 10 percent into your fist at the end of 10 years. That is equivalent to a gross rate of 1.43 percent per annum. So as one model said, it's not enough for her to get out of bed. (laughs) But John, if it goes, let's say, in quarter percentages, half percentages, and say, for example, it's at 2 percent, will they pay 2 percent on savings? No. The way they look at it, there's always a correlation. It's a bit like you're buying foreign exchange, Jerry. Do you ever buy foreign exchange where, you know, you're quoted one price, which would be, you know, the buying price, but then you come back and you want to sell the, the very foreign exchange that you bought, you get the selling price, and there's a huge disparity. You know, it's the same with, with um, I mean, that's where, in fact, the banks make their money. You go in, you lodge your money into a bank in the old days, and you might get 2 or 3%, but they, at that time, were charging maybe 5 or 6% on mortgages. So the differential is where they make profit. That pays for everything. That pays, the, you know, staff wages, pays for overheads, pays for tax capital ratios and all sorts of things. 
So, John, there's not going to be good news imminently for, for savers. We're basically used. In fact, I did talk to a friend of mine whose bank rang him up and said, would you take that money on deposit out there? He says, what will I do with it? He, they said, we don't care what you do with it. It's costing us money to have it in here. Isn't that shocking? <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's, uh, if you have like a hundred plus thousand in the bank, it's costing them money to keep it. Actually, you're probably not aware of this, but if you have any credit union uh, accounts, uh, all of those credit union accounts are paying negative uh, interest on the surpluses that they bring over to AIB, which is 0.65%, by the way, mm-hmm. and Bank of Ireland are charging 04 to uh, credit unions. And that's why the uh, credit unions all over Ireland uh, were writing to their customers and saying, we've reduced our limit down to 20,000, 15,000 in some cases. So if you had 20,000, you had to take out 5,000 and get rid of it. Isn't that just unbelievable, unprecedented times? What do you say to somebody? You mentioned a lump sum there. Say people are retiring and they're getting a nice few euro for retiring and they have a lump sum. Mm. What should they do? What can they do with it to try and, you know, not lose value on it? Well, I have uh, three clients, actually, with half a million, Jerry, in prize bonds. Um, Two of them are ladies and the uh, other gentleman, actually, he only had to wait eight months and he got 20,000 of a prize. Ah, he was lucky, John, like Tottenham Hotspur. (laughs) Yeah, lucky. Go on. He was lucky. But one of the ladies, actually, she was so funny, she said to me, said, John, you have no idea the pleasure I get from listening to my letterbox go on a regular basis. (laughs) But, like, John, you sit it in there, it gains nothing. You are in, it's potluck, it's like having a bet. You may win, you may not. You know the the greatest thing about it, though, Jerry, is it's safe. It is guaranteed by the government. You cannot lose it, and it doesn't go down. But there's a chance. It's a bit like going to a bookie, sticking a few bets on the horses, and knowing that maybe one of them might come in. So, John, that's where we are. Is there anything in a safe investment scheme for a lump sum beyond retirement? Uh, well, if you're talking about, you know, deposit, don't forget, it's 100,000 per person per institution is the uh, deposit protection scheme. So you're safe for 100,000. Uh, and, you know, that's why, you know, credit unions, you're safe. They're under that same umbrella. But if you want to get, to be honest, if you want growth, you have to take a little bit of risk. And, Jerry, the stock market still, without a shadow of a doubt, is by far the best return of any asset class, including property. So over, for instance, since 1991 to 2020, the average growth in the stock market was 10.72% every year. 10.72. Now you have your ups and downs, like for instance, last March year, coronavirus hit, it went down 20, 30%. But four months later, it all came back. Yes, yeah, so a mixed so, a mixed bag, a mixed portfolio of share yeah. investments, something like that. Yes. Well, well, let me let me finish by saying that uh, Warren Buffett, who was ninety two by the way last month, and who uh, he bought his house in nineteen fifty eight for thirty one thousand five hundred, he's still living in the house, Jerry. And today he pays more taxes on the house than he did to buy it in the first place. <laughs> well, he came out with a great phrase. He said, "The stock market is a mechanism for transferring wealth from the impatient to the patient." There you go, and there are a lot of patients out there, I'm sure, as well, and impatience. John, you're great. Thank you so much for joining me. Moneydoctors.ie, that's in the plural. Moneydoctors.ie or 01278 John. Thank you very much, Thank you very much for joining me again today. Take care of yourself. That's the wonderful John Lowe there, the Money Doctor. Well, if you're thinking of uh, making a killing with the rise in interest rates on savings, ain't going to happen. And sound advice there for John, from John, if you have a tracker, if you're fixed over.
variable when it comes to your mortgage. They're on the rise and they will rise, in my opinion, looking at all the uh, indications uh, steadily over the next uh, year, 18 months and perhaps beyond. Not great news. The squeeze is on for sure. Late lunch, LMFM radio still to come on the show today. David Sheehan looks ahead to the uh, weekend in sports, soccer and GAA in focus there. And I'm sure he'll have a word about the bedlam that's going on in golf. I round off my Mary Poppins week. Well, I'm not sure what I'm rounding it off with because Miss Louise wants a song and I want a song. And we're going to have a little, we're going to have a little tit the tit before we decide what we're playing for you. Stay with us on Late Lunch. Like us on Facebook. Follow Follow us on Instagram. And Twitter. Find us around the world on lmfm.ie. You're hitting all the right notes today. <laughs> you like that one too, oh, don't you? I love that one. Belinda Carlisle, 1987, number one in the USA, number one in the UK and all over the world. It's a terrific, terrific song. It really is. Gets you going, these songs today on Late Lunch. There must be something in the water today. I've been drinking a lot of it anyway. Who was she in? Was it the Go-Go's? Oh, God. Was that the name of her band? Me now. Was she? It was, I think, the Go-Go's. Don't know, rings a bell. Well, go go and check it there, and oh, we'll, we'll clarify it. And we think we've we've lost Madge, didn't we? Yeah, we think Madge did live in the west of Ireland, but you reckon Louise she sold up and has moved back to Australia. From what I can find, yes, out, that's yeah. what we're, Louise will find out for sure. There's no, and I'm, I would, listen, she'll track her down in Australia too. In <laughs> fact, she could jump on a Qantas and go back out and visit Ramsey Street. Just think Eamon will fund it. Yes, it'll be. Fun. Oh, listen, Michael will just get, Michael will sanction that. No bother, just she'll to get rid herself. of me. Not at all. They'll sanction and they'll send you on the flight. You know them yourself, generous to a fault. Anyway, um, leave spores out of it, Cherry. Not your fault. Fu- not, <laughs> not our fault, says a Spurs fan, that Arsenal are bottlers. See, I was slagging John Lowe. John Lowe is a Spurs fan. I'm an Arsenal fan, and she's Spurs pipped us for the Champions League place this year and there's another sports fan I love it I love it thank you indeed for your messages to late lunch keep them coming to us have you that TV theme there just to give it another little run and we'll have a listen and we'll tell them who's won here it is again for you It's not Little House on the Prairie. It's not Black Beauty. Little House on the Prairie was Nightpaw, Nightmaw, was it, Louise, that one? Nightmare Ellen. Do you remember what no, they that all... was this one. Was that the Waltons? Yeah. Oh, listen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm even getting mixed up myself. It's the Waltons. It's the Waltons is the answer we're looking for. Rita Bohan. She lives down Don Learway. Well done to you. You're a winner today. We'll have a nice little prize for you in the post shortly, Rita. And thanks to everybody who remembered the Waltons and WhatsApped or Texas. So they, that was them. Night Ma, mm-hmm. Night Pa, Night Mary Ellen. That was the Waltons, wasn't it? That was it? the Waltons. Little House in the Prairie was, they didn't say goodnight to I each other know, at all. I can't remember. Do you not remember Little House in the Prairie? I do remember them running down the hill at the, the start. Yeah, the Ingalls family. Yeah, and I do remember the girl with the blonde hair. Oh, the Laura. Bully. Laura. No, no, the bully. No, the other one. Not Laura Ingalls. Not the other oh, family. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the other ones that yeah. used to give them grief. There you Nelly go. Nellie Olsen. 
Nelly Olsen is right. There you go. Ah, do you know what? You're digging deep into the memory <laughs> bank there, all filed and, and in there. It's a terrible way when you think about things and they do come to you. Yes, so there you go. That was the Waltons today. You didn't see that story. Well, you wouldn't have, Louise, but I meant to mention it earlier in the week. A woman lost her wedding ring, right? in her garden she was gardening right okay out in the garden working away growing ve- it was in Sweden um, and 16 years later right right she went out and pulled carrots for her dinner right <laughs> and there it was on and the, the carrot a carrot had grown down through the ring and mm. the ring was in the carrot the wedding ring what about that wow isn't that the chances of that happening like couldn't find the ring ever 16 years later there was the ring and the carrot seed had you know grown down through the ring and the and the ring see the picture the ring was as tight as anything on the carrot it grown into it amazing so, um how many carrots was the ring? <laughs> <laughs> was it 18 or 36? Oh, thir- oh 36 carats. It had to be. It had to be 36 carats. You couldn't, with, you couldn't with not say like that. that no, no. It had to be 36. Very sharp. Very sharp. Well, let's see how sharp you are, uh, Miss Ferreter, because um, uh, Mrs. Ferreter, Miss Walsh, um, my soundtrack this week is, of course, Mary Poppins, which we all love. But you see, I was going to play mm. Feed the Birds mm. and I got a message last <laughs> evening to say no way. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot my got, you forgot pots your and pot pans. Lids. I know. Louise doesn't want Feed the Birds. She wants that supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Oh, feed the Birds is... Do you remember, you wouldn't remember this, but when Glasgow Celtic were beaten uh, by uh, a, a lesser club in the Cup in Scotland one year, uh, Caledonian uh, Thistle, I think it was, the, the headline in the paper went, Super, Caledonian Thistle beat them, right? It mm-hmm. said, Super Cali, go ballistic as Celtic are atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that brilliant? Yeah. Wasn't that brilliant by the, by, by the headline writer? Anyway, I will play supercalifragilisticexpialidocious if, if you can spell it now, we'll play it, okay? Can I write it, it as I spell it? Yeah, go ahead, write it as you spell it. And I'm, I have it here in front of me now and Louise doesn't, genuinely. She's going to have a go, but I have the spelling here in front of me. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, su- uh, S-U-P-E-R Super. Yeah, Cala C-A-L-I Fragilistic Four A G I L I S T I C. She's nearly there X-P E-X-P I Yes, good job you said the A-L Yeah I-D-O Is it C or T? C-I-O-U-S Yeah. You got it, the whole thing. Can't what? spell it backwards. But. <laughs> no, no, you, I won't ask you to spell it backwards. <laughs> I have to play it now. Of course you do. You just have to play, play it. the other well one anyway. Well done to you. Well <gasps> done to you. That is great to spell that word. It's a huge and difficult word to spell. So, let me tell you that... Uh, on its release, Mary Poppins, the movie, was universally acclaimed by film critics. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it earned, listen to this, and still holds a 96% rating. That is just huge. The movie was so profitable for Disney, listen to this, that it used, uh, back in the 60s now, the $28.5 million, which was huge at the time, 
to purchase land in central Florida and build Walt Disney World. Wow. No. So it was Mary Poppins. Mary was Poppins is responsible for Disney World. It was nominated for 13 Oscars, winning five, including Best Actress for Julie Andrews. Cameron McIntosh, the great uh, producer of uh, stage musicals, eventually convinced its writer P.L. Travers to allow him transfer to the stage in the 1990s. But you see, she'd fallen out with Disney because she didn't like... Mary Poppins was supposed to be stern and strict Mm. and the music was not the music she wanted. Uh, The condition was that Macintosh could produce it on the stage provided nobody associated with the movie was ever involved and the script writers all had to be English. So Cameron did it on that basis. And uh, that's really the story of it, going to the stage. He convinced her and well done to him. Well, you know, from Disney's point of view, you can't win them all, but they did win with Mary Poppins. So today it is supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Away we go. There probably aren't words to describe your emotion. Now, 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 gentlemen, please. On the contrary, there's a very good word. Am I right, Bert? Tell them what it is. Right. It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious, if you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Simply brilliant, simply brilliant. And there you are, Julie Andrews uh, made a good shot. Well, she said it backwards. She didn't spell it backwards. But one thing we know about our Louise after today... Boy, can she spell. She got that word 100% right. But the only thing is, did you write it in red biro, green biro, blue biro or black biro? Please. Which was it? Purple. On oh, the name of God, that's the only drawback. The uh, different colours of the pen. Well done. I know it's blue, actually. Well done. I know you did in blue. You did indeed. <laughs> I'm only trying to jibe you there. Congratulations on your spelling prowess. Oh, that was a big one and tough to do. Anyway, Mary Poppins. Uh, that's uh, the lot on uh, my soundtrack this week. And we will have another soundtrack from a movie or a musical for you next week after three each afternoon on Late Lunch. We are heading to our final break of the day in the week. And afterwards, David Sheehan looks ahead to a weekend in sport. Where would we be without sport in the world? And I do always say and accept that some people it's not on the radar at all but it's always been on mine and it is for sure always on my final guest this Friday. He's a regular with us on Late Lunch, a presenter of Sunday Sport, David Sheehan. Afternoon, David. How are you doing, Jerry? Very good. Let's begin with soccer. I'm just seeing a headline coming up on the TV here in studio that Stephen Kenny is saying he doesn't feel under any pressure as Irish manager. What do you think? I read that article a short time ago, actually, mm. in preparation for our chat. I mean, he can't he can't be oblivious to the fact that he's under huge pressure now. Like, a lot of people thought we had turned a corner at the end of the last campaign, and now two really poor results back-to-back, and two really poor performances, particularly on Wednesday against, you know, a second-string Ukrainian team. A lot of them still playing at a higher level than their Irish counterparts, but it was a really poor performance, really. Like, what I found watching that performance on Wednesday was that Ireland had the ball a lot and they had a lot of possession, but they didn't move it at any pace. So they were playing it across over and back. It was all one, two, three touch stuff. There was no one touch movement, one, twos, moving the defence around. So it was all quite kind of 
uh, turgid to watch and very stagnant. So to say that he, to, to say that he's not under pressure, I mean he he is under pressure. That's a fact. And for him to say that he he, he isn't, he doesn't feel the pressure. I suppose what else is he going to say? He's going to mm. have to say that. But I mean he has to feel under pressure, and he's got two massive matches and. Look, Jerry, it's, it's, we might be talking this time next week and Stephen Kenny might be gone. That's how perilous it is for him at this point, I think. Mm, so Scotland are visitors tomorrow, 5 o'clock to the Aviva and then we travel to play Ukraine at a neutral venue next Tuesday at 7.45. I'm looking at these games myself and looking at the performances against Armenia and Ukraine. I can't see us getting anything out of these two games. No, and the game tomorrow actually reminded me of, of a game I attended with you. I think it was in 2015, the summertime when they played Scotland uh, in the Aviva. And I think that was in the height of the, the John Delaney protests and that kind of stuff. Yes. But things have moved on a lot since then in, in certain regards. But yeah, I, it's, it's very hard to, it's very hard even as the most ardent Irish supporter to see how they're going to get a win because they don't look like they're going to score goals against any kind of half-decent opposition. Um they're looking like they're going to concede a soft one here and there. Like Kelleher was possibly to blame for the goal the other night, but it was a soft one to concede and they they could have conceded one or two more. So, yeah, like, it's really hard to see them getting a win tomorrow and they're at home. So whatever about tomorrow, to see them getting a win at a neutral venue, as you mentioned there, next week, it's really difficult to, to imagine that they will. Um, I can't, yeah, I, I can't really sugarcoat it too much mm. on, on, on all the evidence we've been presented with and you know, because Seamus Coleman is out, John Egan is out, uh, so two of the kind of linchpins of the defence are gone. It's really hard to see them pulling pulling results out of these two games. Um, I hope they can do it, obviously, but yeah, it's it's really tough uh, for them. And yeah, I think I think Stephen Kenny to say that he's not for him to say that he doesn't feel the pressure. Well, everybody else is feeling it on his behalf. I think so. It, it, they're going to be yeah, they're going to be really under pressure to get results in these two games. It's going to be really tough for them. Do you buy the contention it's the end of the season, the players are tired? Sure, everyone's in the same boat. It's the end of the season for everybody. It's a work in progress. How long does a work in progress go on for? And, you know, when you just look at the football last week, this style of football, oh, we're playing a new style. Not at all. It was the long ball looking to our centre-half, Duffy, to try and rescue a point. It, it, it doesn't yeah. all go well. I was all a little bit. It was all a little bit kitchen sink stuff at the end there, where they did nearly scramble an equaliser. Um, yeah, look, I think as somebody made the point during the week, one of the articles I was list, I was reading or podcast I listened to, like a lot of that Ukrainian team on uh, on from during the week hadn't played since before Christmas, you know, because obviously the league has been postponed over there due to you know reasons we're well aware of. So you know that that kind of rationale or that logic doesn't really stack up. Um, I don't think there was a... It did, they didn't necessarily look like they were tired. It just looked like they didn't really have any ideas or they didn't have an idea how to break down a team that sits in. So, yeah, I don't I don't really buy that. And, the, you know, the, the the time for excuses is, is probably gone now um, and the, the Ireland team needs to start delivering. And, like, look, at that, this isn't all on Stephen Kenny either. Like, the players have to go out and deliver as well and that hasn't happened yet. So, um, look, I really hope they can dig it out tomorrow and get, and get a result. Um, but... On what we've seen so far, you'd have to you'd have to be fairly pessimistic mm. about the game tomorrow and indeed the game next week as well. Indeed, you would. Let's quickly move to GAA and uh, it's the ladies in focus this weekend. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Meath are away to Monaghan in the senior, and then on Sunday, Loud play Clare in the intermediate. Let's talk about Meath first. Yeah, well, they're looking to bounce back from that disappointing display, or not disappointing display necessarily, but certainly the first half wasn't what they would have wanted. But ultimately, the, def- the defeat was disappointing for them, and the, na- the manner of it, like they battled back. I think they went a point ahead in that second half against Dublin, and then conceded a penalty, which was a little bit contentious, you would say. But Dublin won that game, obviously, and, and got the Leinster title. 
Um, so me looking to bounce back from that, they've named an unchanged team. Now, whether that team takes to the field in its entirety, we'll wait and see. But they're up against Monaghan, who are well beaten by Armagh in the Ulster semi-final. Armagh, incidentally, are the other team in this group alongside Meath and Monaghan. So, you know, you'd have to fancy Meath to, to get the win tomorrow against uh, probably an unfancied Monaghan team and get their get their season back on track and hopefully build towards what we hope will be a, an All-Ireland final appearance at least. But a lot of a lot of uh, bridges to cross in the meantime. I think they'll be too strong for Monaghan tomorrow. Yeah, well capable of it they are. What about Loud? A, a win last time out, travel to Clare. What do you think about this one? Yeah, well, it's a dead rubber in so far as um, both sides are already through to the yeah, final, yeah. and uh, the Clare, Clare or Loud, Clare and Loud will both obviously go through, and then Longford and Roscommon will be, will be the opponents. We don't know how that's going to go yet, depending on who finishes top and second in the respective groups. But you know, a good win last week against Down. We mentioned, I think, in the, the build up to that game that they lost down in the league. So to get the win against them last week was was really important. And you know, listen to one of the interviews the lads did on on the on the website there on the news earlier on as well. Uh, you know they're in good form loud and they're confident so they'll be going down to Ennis it's kind of a shot to nothing for them in, in a way but obviously they'll be hoping to win it and then after that they'll find out who their opponents are in the quarter final but to come out of that group and to, to kind of stave off the threat of relegation which if they'd lost last weekend they might have been staring a relegation in the face that's now gone and they can have a crack at, at the uh, at the quarter final when that comes around so positive from, from Loud's point of view for sure Let's hope for a double uh, for the North East outfits this weekend Now before we finish a word on golf well what can you say David is golf as we know it imploding? Oh, um, it, It's certainly changing I think it's, uh, it's fair to say that imploding uh, I'm not quite sure it's gone that far but I mean some of the, the stuff we've seen from, from players who, you know, you're a golf fan as well as myself, and mm. guys that you would have had a lot of respect for um, down through the years, like Gray McDowell and, and Ian Poulter for what he's done in the Ryder Cup, and Phil, Phil Mickelson, obviously, and, and players like that, Lee Westwood. I mean, to see them up, up at the press conference uh, during the week, spouting, you know, I, I'm aware it's a daytime show here, but absolute nonsense, just in terms of justifying why they're there. Um, as some people were saying, they would have had more respect for them if they just said, "I'm here because I'm getting paid a load of money to be here," mm. and that's the top and bottom of it. So, but some of the stuff that was being put out about, you know, the Khashoggi execution and how it was, uh, you know, it was being referred to in very mealy-mouthed ways by some of the players. Um, you know, one of them was asked, "Would they play for in a Vladimir Putin back tournament?" And I think it was Ian Poulter. He's like, "Well, that's a hypothetical question. I'm not going to answer that." And they were all looking at each other as to say, "You know, what are we supposed to say to this?" But you know, I saw a bit a bit more media stuff from Graham McDowell today on, on social media kind of promoting the event. So they're kinda of, he he's certainly gone all in. Um I do wonder if in if in a year's time or something maybe there'll be a huge step back for these guys that they'll be issuing statements saying that they, you know, made the wrong decision and seeking people's forgiveness. I doubt it. But I wonder if that might happen with one or two of them. The other way it could go, of course, Jerry, is that more and more players will join it. Now that these guys have kind of blazed the trail and have maybe absorbed a lot of the initial criticism, that a few players might decide, you know what, that's the way to go. And there's, there's various rumours, I'm sure you've seen, Ricky Fowler and one or two others who are being linked with a move. So, you know, who knows? Um, I really hope it doesn't go that way. But, you know, Jerry, money talks and money is king. So yeah. it's it's certainly hard to say, but it's, it, could, it could all happen for sure. Yeah, and golf in the focus now, but there's plenty of Middle East money in football, as you mm. know, in the Premier League and elsewhere as well. Paris and places like that. And, you know, yeah. sport is a way uh, to wash money and wash your image and things like that. Watch this space. And the free market always dictates, it, it seems. But the money yeah. is astronomical for sure that's been offered. 
but I'd hate to see uh, the majors impacted that we've all loved the four big ones and others besides as well that it would have an impact on but watch this space there's a lot of water to travel under the bridge between now and uh, the next few months and years beyond David Sheehan thank you so much for joining us again on Sunday Sport today no problem Terry take care thank you and that's our lot on late lunch for this short bank holiday weekend enjoy your weekend thanks to all our guests who joined us during the week and to you our listeners who join us every day we love your company to my producer Louise Walsh couldn't do this without her thanks a million Louise Paul McKenna is ready to go with the drive next here on LMFM Radio stay with us and we will be back please God after the weekend on Monday afternoon with a brand new week of late lunch from 1.30 enjoy yourselves this weekend take care see you then bye the late lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.